0: Got Got Your Ears On is brought brought to you you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Tom Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's It's Got got Your your ears Ears On. All right, everybody. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot. This one's for you. And Johnson! <laughs> Take that, Raiders. Take that, Red Raiders. Yeah. I mean, probably some of the most exciting basketball we've watched all season, I think. It was a it was a good time to, to uh, watch that game, Johnson. Well, a, a good time, or as I wish
1: I had the tweet in front of me, but someone said, uh, like, to kind of parlay John Rothstein's always, like, you know, a tough weekend at your in-laws or whatever he says, we could kind of start to say things like, West Virginia basketball, you'll maximize your blood pressure medicine. I saw that tweet, and I was like, yes, it, that feels about right. This was like a roller coaster of a game.
0: Yeah, so West Virginia, after two weeks off uh, on a COVID break, comes back, and they handle a not-so-good K-State team in Manhattan, and then yes. come back and win just a, a, an awesome game against uh, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. We'll start with the game, though, guys, against K-State. And uh, I, I will say, and I think whoever was doing the play-by-play on ESPN or said the same thing, which is like West Virginia couldn't have asked for a better team to come off of a two-week, barely practicing, you know, stint to play against. Because K-State might be the worst team in D1 basketball. Like, it, they were bad.
1: Yeah, it's like the one of the one of the first good scheduling things to happen to us in a while, right? I mean, if you had to come back um and and play a game, that was certainly not a bad situation to be in. And do you know, I didn't realize it after um until afterwards I was, you know, reading some recap, but that so we won that game 69 to 47. You guys already know that if you're listening, but did you know that uh, I saw John Antonick tweeted it out. I've got it in the show notes that um that was the largest Road uh, margin of victory since WVU has been in the Big 12. Did you realize that? I didn't wow. think about that at the time, but that 22 point victory. Um, was apparently the biggest since we've been in the conference.
0: I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, it's and we'll talk about other conferences here in a little bit, but I'm not surprised. They, we're It's a tough conference. It is a tough basketball conference. As much as we hate the travel and the teams and, you know, as Scoot always complains, Manhattan and Ames aren't exciting places, uh, there are a lot of good teams in the conference. There are a lot of t- – I mean, we have – how many teams are in the top ten right now in the conference, you know? Top yeah. 12. So. Yeah, it's – uh, but K-State is not one of those teams, and I, I, and I think th- we all kind of went, and we texted back and forth, the three of us, before it started, Scooty, and we were all kind of nervous about, you know, what is it going to look like? They haven't practiced in two weeks, and then they come out with this weird, for lack of a better term, starting five with McKay, Bridges, McBride, Culver, and Sherman, which is a starting five we definitely haven't. I don't even know if we've seen those five guys on the court at the same time at all this season, and, uh, and it worked. Yeah, I think um, some of that was obviously illness-related.
2: I think what we've heard since that game is that uh, Derek Culver uh, and Evan Matthews really hadn't even practiced up until that game. Uh, So that's – I I think if we know Coach Huggins, that's a lot of times a deciding factor. If guys haven't practiced, he doesn't feel good about putting them in the starting lineup for sure, Um, let alone – uh, a lot of playing time those guys happen to be very good players so they did get a lot of playing time
0: yeah and I saw that uh I guess Emmett Matthews got really sick and he, he's down something like 15 pounds he's lost a lot of weight and you know so for him it's it's going to be a hill just to climb back up and in the two games he's played very little but at least you know really well and then on the other side of that Scooter you had your boy Jordan McCabe, who was one of the few players that didn't miss any time, he had got to practice the whole two weeks and it showed with two starts back to back.
2: Yeah, he he's looked uh more confident, and I think that's for Jordan that's uh pretty big cause I think we've talked about it, but he had a fairly successful tail end of his freshman year where it looked like he could become um you know a leading scorer type player or or the you know the next uh uh, better basketball player for WVU, had kind of a rough sophomore season, and now he's kind of bouncing back a little bit here midway through his junior year.
1: Yeah, and I thought too the um, you know we talked about that being sort of some good medicine for coming back from this this COVID pause, but K State. We, t- we were texting each other during the game a little bit, too, that it felt like uh, coming into the game, I didn't really expect a whole lot of anything. Um, we didn't know who we were going to see. We knew things were going to be rough. you know So I was just looking forward to seeing if we could you know c- compete and play and get guys through the whole game. I think at certain times of the game I felt like, and we were texting back and forth, it was a good thing K-State is that bad because for parts of that game, we looked really rough, too. I think there was, like, one stretch. Kansas State had, like, five straight turnovers. We really didn't take advantage of it. So
2: uh, Johnson, I hate to break uh, – Guido, I hate to break in. I've got some breaking news. They just turned the ball over again.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> WVU had 26 points off of turnovers uh, from K-State. And uh, K-State just overall 28, 28 turnovers in a game. I mean – and at That's one crazy. point, at one point, they were averaging it was like what one turnover per minute in the game. They were averaging more turnovers per minute than points at, at one point in the first half. So Bruce Weber is you know he's in a tough spot there in Manhattan right uh, now with that team.
2: Their their bright spot for me was a guy that apparently is from Angola, and I apologize to any uh, Angolan listeners out there that we may have on the podcast how do we how do we do in angola on the downloads
0: uh
1: i don't know if we've uh, i think gotten we're any. sparse yeah i think we're I okay think we're sparse. Yeah.
2: well i didn't know they played organized basketball on and this guy's apparently on the angolan national team and he was uh probably the one guy that had a little bit of um get up and go on their team i, I think his last name was miguel is that right does that sound right Well, and he was big, too. I mean, he was
1: a sizable dude. He was a pretty good matchup for for DC. And I think um, we. one thing I was going to bring up, Scoot, too, do you remember on last week's show, we were kind of like, has Kansas state ever been good at basketball? And I was sitting here thinking, well, I think we're forgetting some stuff. And then watching that Kansas state game ESPN was like, well, if you think back to the 2019 team that won the regular season. And I was like, Oh Oh, man, yeah. yeah. We just don't remember that because it's Kansas state, but like, yeah, they've had some success. They're just really down. And I think in this game, like you're saying, I think, I think that that particular guy was a bright spot. And I think they have some really young players as well. So um, I mean, I think they're athletic. They just really didn't have it together. I
2: like that uh, the game, the way the game played out, kept Squawks McGee kind of in
0: check. Well, I think the mask helped that too. Yeah, I I do too. Yeah, I think I, I think the mask the mask uh, helped out, and it's there were times where the camera would pan to him, and it looked like Bruce Weber was going to swallow the mask. <laughs> he was breathing yeah. so hard, <laughs> he was just like, like sucking the mask. It was like yes. a paper bag yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very upsetting i was kind of concerned for him but uh but yeah so you know the k-state game i mean seni enjai got like almost what nine minutes of play time which was interesting to see um you know and can we also it, it, talk
2: yeah. about this emaw this emaw thing that they yeah oh yeah the uh this, every man a wildcat yeah, i think is what that's they call it ridiculous
0: are you sad, Scoot, that we don't have a slogan
2: like that? No, you, sh- I mean, what are you gonna, what are you gonna put on a? Like, do you think that uh, the football team should be wearing TTC masks? Trust the climb. I mean, come yeah, on, yeah,
0: no. yeah, right, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Every man a wildcat. Apparently, that's a thing they've been saying for years. There, that's nothing new. Yeah, that's- I think that's been their thing for a long time. Uh, it's still weak. <laughs> So we handle (laughs) K-State, we come out of the COVID break, we handle K-State okay, and we move on to play the number uh, 10-ranked Texas Tech Red Raiders. We were ranked 11th, so we moved up on Monday in the AP poll to 11th. Uh, Texas Tech ranked 10th, and a pretty good team coming into this year, especially defensively. Texas Tech hasn't let a lot of points get on the board with any of their, their foes, and then on top of that, you got... And I'm and I am and i to hear it from Scoot. Mac McClung is like just he's a star. He's 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 a baller.
2: He's a great player.
0: He's he a great player. Is. He would be a guy.
2: We would love to have him. I would like to have him. Yeah, you may not like him. I don't know if you do or don't, but I would love to have that type of player.
0: I don't know if you know this Scooty, but you know he's not he's not far from Morgantown. He's from just across the state line local. in Virginia. He's a local. I mean yeah, he, just just down the road. Shilla yeah, must have said that seventy five times during the game. He's got family there's ten members of his family here. You know, I
1: started to think about all the other places that are five and a half hours away that I could say are just
2: down the like road. Toronto, like Toronto, Canada? he's just from uh, up the road in toronto indianapolis (laughs) gabe pretty much plays at home
0: practically a home Gabe's also boy and that's why he
2: went to wvu is because
0: it's uh he wants to play in front of his hometown crowd (laughs) So the Texas Tech game, uh, kind of up and down, a little bit of roller coaster. Make sure you were taking your blood pressure medicine and checking your pulse along the way. West Virginia at one point with about eight minutes left to go in the first half was up 10 points and then just kind of saw that lead evaporate away. It was really weird. There were turnovers. There were just other, uh, you know, there were a lot of offensive rebounds they were giving up and, and just kind of evaporated to a tie at the half and I think that Huggins was, you know, frustrated with the team uh for little things and I think it's all you, I I definitely think you see the fact that not having those many practices, the covid uh slowing them down, you know, a guy like, you know, Emmett Matthews who usually gets a lot of minutes, you know, coming in and out of the game a lot, getting a lot of breaks, Culver was getting a lot of breaks um you saw that yeah, defense. Yeah, only played 18 minutes. That's
1: very unlike
0: him. And, and that defense really struggled. That defense struggled so much in the last five, eight minutes of that first half.
1: Well, but, you know, in the moment after the win last night, I went to bed. Th- well, I tried to go to bed. It's always hard to sleep after these 9 p.m. tip-offs. Yeah. But I, I went to bed thinking just how great of a win this was. And and from this morning after I woke up throughout the day, the more I think about this the more amazing I think it is that we won this game last night, because I think Chris Beard and Texas tech, I mean, they, they don't need any help. And then here you are coming off of this COVID pause. You know, you don't have guys at hundred percent. You talked about Matthews being down like 15 pounds, well, DC can't play, you know, third, third, you know, he can only play 18 minutes. So, you know, th- that's always going to be a battle at full strength for us to really, Dig down and, and pull this game out I, I think it's amazing I think the guys need A whole lot of credit for that
0: and I think the Other thing is Johnson along with that is You know West Virginia The turnover discrepancy was Really rough and Texas Tech Had 25 points off of turnovers West Virginia had Zero points off of turnovers You know you look at the foul shooting foul, foul Free throws again were another Problem for West Virginia but yet Through all of those problems They really dug it out and And pulled off a yeah you know a good win for me three there's three things that
2: made this game close um and maybe it wouldn't have been as close if these three things hadn't happened so the first one is that Derek Culver um sat more than we're used to seeing him sit and I think when he was out of the game we really um struggled for whatever reason whether it be uh stopping the drives into the paint or just that presence of, of having a guy like him because I like Gabe, but he's not Derek. And I like Senny Seni's not even close to Derek. So I I think that that's, that was, uh, an area where they started to come back on us. Another thing is it, it appeared to me that we kind of slacked off on, on guarding, um, Mac McClung. And some of that was just mismatch matchups. You know, if, um, and this is not to slight him, but if Sean McNeil is playing defense on Mac McClung, Mac McClung's going to beat him nine times, maybe 10 times out of 10. If Jordan McCabe is playing defense on Mac McClung, he's going to beat him nine times or 10 times out of 10. The times we were good and could keep Mac McClung in front of us was when we had Kedrian Johnson, who did a really good job on him, and Deuce. The problem is if you rely on Deuce all the time, that's gonna—he's gonna use a lot of energy trying to stop a good player on defense. Yeah, and you're not gonna right. have him for as much on offense. Uh, the third factor as to why this game was close is—if you think about it, we had this is a game where we would have had our crowd behind us. We would have had the crowd into it. I right. guarantee you, they would have been booing or chanting something oh, yeah. every time Mac McClung touched the ball. Sure, um, no doubt. We didn't have any of that. I mean, I think at one time I I thought I've faintly heard like um, I'm gonna guess it was probably uh, Eric Martin, maybe a couple of the managers on one side, and then maybe like uh, I don't know if Emmett Matthews' parents or somebody's parents were on the other side of the Coliseum saying "Let's go" and Mountaineers. I mean, it sounded like four people on one side and like three on the other yeah. responding.
0: I mean, if the if the if you had a full Coliseum. That would have been completely – I mean, first of all, the place would have just been on fire, yeah. and that would have been a completely different game, I think.
1: Yeah, that's the shame of it because and, – and those guys deserved that. You know, like coming back from all that stuff, gearing down and really really knocking out this, this Texas Tech team. I mean, 10 play and 11? Come on, the Coliseum would have been fired up. And I think the other thing too, Scoot, that I've been trying to reconcile today just as I've – was kind of reading post game stuff and looking at these stats. I have a hard time. I can't remember a game where I watched us shoot 60%, 58% overall from the field, 63%, 12 of 19 from three point range, and then 16 of 27 from the foul line. It's yeah. like usually those percentages are in some reverse order I feel like but
0: yeah Johnson the percentage from 3 point just blew my mind I mean shooting in the second half 6 for 9 at 66% uh they were just on fire you know making shots this the you know against Texas Tech
1: yeah and something else Scoot that I thought was interesting um I, you know I guess it makes sense with with minutes being kind of redistributed but I don't I also don't remember the last time I saw all five starters and really six people overall if you count Sean McNeil he didn't start but had had double uh double digit points and that seems like a rarity as well
2: well that's uh we we've often lamented i'm gonna use the word lament i never have used it ever i like it so when you use go big now. words
1: yeah uh, I like it. When we you go often big words.
2: lament about our lack of offense and i think if you were to look at our our last well really since we've started conference play the offense has been there Um, what's been maybe a little bit more concerning is our defense because we're giving up over 80 points, you know, to, uh, to Texas tech. So we kind of dug ourselves in a hole in the first place defensively, but you know, to see what you said, six guys in double figures, I mean, we scored 87 points. That's not too shabby offensively. We're starting to see the threes. I think we're starting to see what coach Huggins has been talking about for two years, start to actually translate into uh, actual games
0: yeah i totally agree is this game a turning point for the season is this going to be a turning point with a this kind of win you know the guys being into it the the celebration afterwards you know being down at one point with i think about 10 minutes or so left to go maybe even less than that we're down by 12 we fight back we win it's resilience you know is this a turning point in our season you think well
1: i know i text you guys that we went under seven. We went down 10. Texas Tech was looking really confident. We were looking really tired. And I, t- I think I text you guys this. And I think at that point, we were like nine of 17 from the foul line. So even when you're stopping the clock, you're not really you're not, you're not really helping yourself out. And I re- remember texting you guys. This this feels bad. <laughs> it's just this feels bad. Like like we know where this is going. And that's why, you know, the more I think about it, the more proud I am of these guys for digging down and not giving up and really coming back and I I, so to answer your question I think it could definitely be one of those games where they look back and they say you know look not only is that a top 10 team but the shape we were in, you know, we we had to come together. People aren't at 100%. I think it could definitely be one of those that they rally around. Like if you now when you go into the rest of the schedule, because, oh, by the way, it's going to be a horrendous schedule to navigate still. Um, if you ever had some confidence shaking uh events come up. I think you could point back to this and say, "Hey, you know, like we've been here before. We've done this. Let's keep our head in the game and let's move forward." I think it could be a strong I think it could be a strong anchor point.
2: Uh, for me, it's not a turning point, it's a reaffirmation, right? So these guys um coming into the season, it was a fairly highly touted team. Uh there was a lot of talk that they were a top 10 team to start. We've we've documented or It's been documented. I guess we haven't documented anything. But uh, it's been documented that, you know, they were a a Ken Palm top 10 team. um, Fran Fraschilla, Seth Davis, anyone, Andy Katz, anyone that knows basketball was saying that we were, you know, a a challenger for the conference title, possibly a top five, possibly a a number one seed. All this kind of talk could be a final four year for hugs. And then uh, we get sucker punched in the stomach and lose uh Oscar and that, well to be on, to be honest with you we didn't really lose Oscar Oscar played mediocre at best in the beginning which didn't help us and then he leaves so now everyone's you know if you remember the first couple games that was the story how is this team going to adapt how are they going to you know and i think what these guys have done here in the last uh really the last month um is Prove to everybody that they're not just one player, right? So they're, they're not going to be made up by one one player. They're not going to be defined by that. And they care about each other. And Hugs even tweeted something about that today. He tweeted a picture of uh, the guys all kind of piling on Deuce McBride and, and talked about how much he loves guys like this, and these are his guys because they care about each other and not individuals. And, uh, you know, you see – Deuce McBride could have easily been carried off the the floor last night, and what they do, they went over and they they mobbed him, hugged him, um, you know, they kind of tackled him. Then when he gets into the locker room, they get, they splash him with water again. I mean, so this team, I feel like they've they've hit some adversity, maybe more so than a typical year, and uh, they're showing that they can overcome some of those things. And I I think it could be a very special season. Solely for the fact that they've overcome as much as they have.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And before we leave this, uh, just scoot, because you brought up Oscar, which makes perfect sense. I, uh, and Guido, I'm not sure if you know this, but Jalen Bridges, who's from Fairmont, I'm not sure. If, <laughs> I'm not sure if you're aware of that yeah, or had he heard he well, sh- from just. I am down aware. The road. I am aware of that.
2: He practically grew up with Mac McClung. yeah, neighbors. right. I mean, just down the road. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> if if you're not paying attention to what Jalen Bridges is doing, then you're. And you know, if you're lamenting Oscar, like we haven't replaced. Ooh, nice that use of the word lament. With some, yeah, well, you you got it in my head, so I feel like I wanted to to just like one up it now. Last night again. Versus Texas Tech, he goes five of eight, three of four, from behind the arc uh, in 19 minutes, 13 points. I mean, he to me, he just continues to prove what Hugs had been saying about him, and he and he has really come in and, and picked up picked up the slack, picked up, you know, kind of right where we wanted things to to be to begin with with Oscar. So, you know, I, I think he's quietly, um, he he's really quietly helping this team continue forward in a positive way.
0: Yeah, and I and 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 you know, as Herd hater, our buddy herd Hater would say Jalen New River Bridges is what he called him last night on Twitter, which uh I yeah, I I think Jay I I, I tweeted a little uh laugh at thing uh gif there and, and Jalen kinda liked <laughs> both of those. Uh JB is is gonna be a force to be reckoned with on this team. And Fran Frischello said it best last night that Jalen Bridges might be the best shot or the number one NBA rated, you know, player on the team. He's just that diverse. He's that good of a player. He needs another year, but I mean, this time next year, guys, we may be talking about Jalen Bridges leaving to go to the draft. Well, I just I think it's
2: interesting. Guido, I would like to take Sorry. I would like to take a moment on behalf of all Mountaineer fans and do something for you. Okay. Okay. I want to thank you for teaching. His dad, yes, how to play the game the right way at a young age, and and so, his dad has of course imparted these things on Ob- young Jalen,
0: obviously. So Guido,
2: thank you. Yes, from all of us,
0: I'm sure Jalen's Jaylen, dad will have gr- fond, very fond memories of uh, sixth and seventh grade basketball while he's out there. Hitting some nice shots, some nice jumpers. Looking back on the bench and seeing me there, clapping and cheering him on. Cause old, that's old about number forty three, right? Team was. Number forty three. Yeah, right? I think I was forty three, wasn't? It? Yeah. It Listen, we need, we need to, to tweet
2: that. that photo out. Can we get that tweeted out?
0: I'll get that. I'll, I'll I'll fire that one up. It's 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 been out there on the Twitter before, um, but yeah, Jalen looked great. You know, and then can't go without saying that, you know, Deuce McBride continues. To show how clutch he can be in a game, yes. And Huggins said in the post game that that was exactly the play that they drew up. And he Huggins said Eric Martin drew it up. That wasn't even Huggins' idea. The idea was you know all Eric Martin's. That was exactly how the play was supposed to be drawn. It was spo- was drawn up to go from the inbound, and it gave out. It gave a couple of outs to uh, to Deuce. You know he could have shot it out to Jalen for a three in the corner. You know you saw. You saw some, uh, you saw some other Taz, options there for him. It looked
2: like Taz came up to try to set a screen, and he kind of missed the screen, or the, the screener got hedged and went around him. Um, so in a way, I felt like, man, we kind of dodged a, a bullet there because the screen wasn't all that clean. And uh, but still, Deuce was able to get the shot off, and he he doesn't miss. I think he that kind of stuff. There are some guys out there, and and I've coached some in soccer. Um, and in basketball, there are some kids out there that, like, the moment doesn't—it's not too big for them—and that's how Deuce is. A dirt, right? It's not a mo—it's his moment. It's not the moment. You know what I mean? It's—it's it's just a kind of a surreal thing.
1: Well, and also Guido, that was Hugs' win number eight hundred ninety-two. So we're closing in on this nine hundred wins, and it was also his twentieth win over a top ten team while he's been at WBU. I thought that was
2: interesting. Apparently. I feel going forward that anyone that gets elected into the uh, Hall of Fame, the Basketball Hall of Fame, must eclipse 900 wins. Yes, it's before only they fair, get there, right? Right. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, that right. is the. How threshold. is it possible that he is not like 900 wins? There are what six play? Not even six coaches ahead of him,
0: right? I mean, the nominees came out again and he's listed about the nominees. So we'll find out here in a few weeks if he gets uh, into the hall of fame. I mean, if he doesn't, I feel like the, like that you know, there might be an insurrection of Mountaineer fans on the bat national basketball hall of fame. If, uh, if he doesn't get elected.
2: Before we leave this topic real quick, uh, if, if the hall of fame, and I'm not really familiar with the, uh, the basketball hall of fame, uh, i know like in in the major league baseball hall of fame players get to choose a cap or sometimes the cap is chosen for them obviously if it's posthumous and it's it's based on whichever team they had the most success or whatever right if if there is some sort of bust or some sort of plaque i pray that it does not include huggins wearing the camouflage long sleeve shirt (laughs) under the pullover I've never seen that look before. That one was new for me. I well, don't you know, know. I don't know if you what noticed, Scoot, but
1: when when the game went off and it cut to ESPN, Scott Van, Scott Pelt, Van Pelt made a comment yeah. about like uh, his. Uh, I don't remember what he said exactly now, but like the you know best dressed man
2: or dapper dressed man, yeah. or something like that. Like what in the world was going on there?
0: Yeah. So they put they put photos up, Scoot that just so you know it's a photo of you it's pretty much like a an embossed plaque photo of you so
2: okay um,
0: we'll see what huggins we'll see what maybe huggins he gets
2: wear. that uh that buttercream suit
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah right all right so west virginia a great win a fun game to watch over the red raiders and hopefully it's a good jumping off point Uh, And gets, you know, gets us back and energized again. We play in the Big 12 SEC Challenge this Saturday at the Coliseum against the Florida Gators. And, Johnson, people are going to be in the stands.
1: Yeah, well, a thousand of them anyway um some people so i guess you know we'll take whatever we can get but uh wvu announced plans to let fans back in the coliseum on that january 30th game and then moving forward so they've got to
2: justify the new seats they'll they'll
1: cap it but still they're letting some folks in so that's a start
0: so florida currently fourth in the sec and not ranked in the top 25 uh the sec actually little, little little trivia for you here guys the SEC only has one team ranked in the top 25 right now, uh, last I checked, and it's Alabama is ranked, like, 14th, I think, something like that. Uh, yeah. Is the SEC, Beetle? Scooty, like, Beetle just – Beatles and Alabama? Uh, uh, Beatles not with them anymore. Beetle played – I think last year was his senior year. Oh, okay. Uh, Beetle, Bolden, yeah. Um, the SEC in basketball, man, like, w- what's going on with it? It's It seems like well, it's a mess this year
2: it does seem like it's a mess because there are some teams that at the very least have some notable coaches, you know, Rick Barnes at Tennessee, Bruce Pearl at Auburn, Calipari, of course, at Kentucky. So right there are three very well-known coaches and very, you know, strong programs typically that uh, are struggling. Florida is another one that's a typically strong program, but is, is not as um, not as strong as I guess maybe what they thought or, or, or what yeah. is playing
0: out. I don't know. I mean, I've I don't I can't ever remember a time that I can remember hearing Alabama being the best basketball team in the SEC, <laughs> undefeated against the conference right now. So but uh Florida not bad. Five and three, eight and four overall as they come in this weekend to Morgantown. That game is on Saturday at two PM and it will be on the big one, guys, ESPN. It's on the main network. You don't have to plus it up this weekend, Scoot.
2: I don't have to plus it. You don't have I, to plus um, it up for that one, Scoot. I I will not plus it up this weekend.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about WVU football, um, guys. I, I, I don't even really want to talk about it, but I feel like we have to say something about it because we we may have gotten a little bit in the mix yesterday on Twitter uh, over the whole Darnell Wright and him kind of uh, I don't know uh, was was he. Was he trolling the WVU fans? Was he uh, was it a was he really thinking about coming to Morgantown? What do you guys think? So Darnell Wright, uh, you know, spends the last couple of months, he apparently unenrolled from Tennessee. He said he was looking maybe transferring then he announced earlier in the week that he was going to announce where he's coming uh, going to play football next year on some random Instagram site. Which he did at six o'clock on Tuesday, and or went uh, six o'clock on Monday, and then announces that he's staying with Tennessee, and the West Virginia fans went nuts. I, I
2: think part of it, I think yes, he was kind of playing the game. Part of it, though, it it probably would have been more, I guess, upsetting or troll worthy had Tennessee not replaced their coach or in the process of replacing their coach. So because right. Jeremy Pruitt's gone, it seemed realistic that Darnell right might make a decision as to whether or not he was going to stay or go or whatnot had the coaching staff remained the same. And he still did this. I think people would have gone bananas even more so because what's the point in doing that? Like who does that when they're when, you know, when there's nothing, really forcing you one way or the other he had never left to go to the he's never been in the transfer portal to my knowledge he's you know so had he put himself in the portal and made this kind of decision okay i guess but he's he was just a student there he never really nothing really changed
1: yeah right well i guess the i guess the story with pruitt is they were handing out mcdonald's bags full of money Two recruits, of, I guess he was getting his supersized. Well, and so uh, our boy Jeremy Kreitz, like honestly, like I don't. Gen- so Scoot and I have this thing where we don't often use LOL because we got into a conversation a while back. Like, did you genuinely laugh out loud, or are you just typing LOL? But Jeremy <laughs> Jeremy Kreitz got me the other uh, the other night. He he respond So Darnell Wright uh, had a tweet out there, Guido. I think that you're referencing. That he said, uh, "I'm staying." Okay, bye, peace, like peace sign. And uh, and Jeremy Christ responded, "Pay's better than most places." Hashtag, I'm loving it. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, the I'm loving it <laughs> just cracked me up. I just love stuff like that. It just made me like it caught me off guard and genuinely made me lol.
0: Yeah, so. I think what was interesting about it for me is is you know you have all of that, you have um, you have certain. Uh, we'll say media outlets that were spending a lot of time tweeting and releasing articles about how he's coming back to Morgantown. And then, you know, Twitter goes crazy about it. And then he kind of fuels the flame by, you know, saying, Hey, I'm going to have this big announcement. And then he has this big announcement. And then two minutes after he makes the announcement that he's staying at Tennessee, he actually tweets out and then deletes it shortly thereafter. He actually tweets out, Wish Neil had more time, could have been iconic. And then a uh, golden blue heart. So, I don't know, man. It's just, I, and part of me, I think the where I really want the conversation to go with us is part of me is like, they they've got to figure out a way to not allow these guys to do this. Cause they're the ones that start to incite all of the craziness with it. Like by I'm going to, and it's social media and it's the world that we live in today, but I'm going to make an announcement. It's going to be a big announcement. And like Scoot said, he hadn't done anything. He hadn't really entered the portal. He hadn't really said that he was, do you leaving. think,
2: let me ask you this. Do you, is there, and I know this is maybe a stretch. Is there any blame to go toward LeBron James for this kind of stuff <laughs> for Darnell Wright <Ray, laughs> not coming to West unquote, Virginia. Announcement. <laughs> yes, this is a stretch. Scoot. No, but, it's a decision where it's
0: you're talking about the South Beach. You're talking about going to yeah, South. Yeah, where he
2: took his talents to South Beach because he made a big like a big TV show of it. Like now that's a thing where people want to.
1: No, nah, I Scoot. Look, it's young people. I think it's like what are like young people are all over the place. It's like when my daughter the other night was made a comment to me about disposable thumbs. And I said, you mean opposable thumbs? You know, like, young people's brains are all over the place. I think he just saw the opportunity to maybe have some fun and, like, get under people's skin. He he probably-
0: Johnson going all old man on us right here. Johnson's like, little kids have mushy brains. (laughs) (laughs) Underdeveloped brains. Well, listen, if it makes you feel any better- Underdeveloped
2: brains. last night my teenage daughter declared that she was going to go to the kitchen and look in the fridge like let it be known <laughs> that was her day. she did yes, did she, she tweet it she, out she might have even posed she might have yeah
1: did she tweet it out big announcement <laughs> yeah big announcement, big announcement coming at 8 30 going to the kitchen
2: yeah going to the kitchen <laughs> checking peace. the fridge peace orange heart That's i wish i said. had more time in the freezer could have been iconic
0: <laughs> here's my said. here's my ultimate thing about it guys it's like uh, you know, am I sad that this five-star recruit isn't going to come to WVU? I guess so. Does it change anything? Does it really make that big of a difference in where the program goes? I, I don't think so. I, I think that, you know, it's you're talking about, a, you know, a hundred guys that are probably one way or another connected as players to the team that are either redshirt or, you know, walk-on or whatever it might be. One guy's not going to make a difference, and you know the fans going all amuck about it. You know everybody needs to simmer down and realize, hey, listen, he's not playing. There'll be another guy. That role will be filled by somebody else.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people, Guido, like you and I, if we're being honest, like we love the hometown guys. We love the thoughts of a, you know, like we let one get away. Let's get the hometown guy back. And you kind of, it, it's sort of like like it feeds itself and then suddenly 700 people are following this random, you know, Instagram account, trying to see what he's going to say. So he's obviously entitled to do whatever he wants. He kind of, I think he probably had some fun with this and it, like you just said, uh, you know, next season when we roll around and we're looking at the offensive line, we're not even going to probably even remember that this happened to have
2: a feeling. What's what's interesting. I, and I think I come in with a different, a slightly different point of view in the sense that I'm not, the hometown guy. I I didn't go to the hometown school. Everybody that I knew, um, and grew up with, I would say much like for you guys, uh, 80% of the people I grew up with went to Yukon where I would venture to guess you guys were probably, you know, maybe it was 60, 40 WVU Marshall or something like that, but probably mostly WVU. And I, I don't know. I think for some kids, they don't really want to stay at home. I didn't want to stay at home, and that's how I ended up. Oh, you know, that's kind of where no. I you're was, exactly right.
1: No, you're exactly right, Scoot. There's but unfortunately,
2: natural... they get a lot of the, Some of those guys get a lot of pressure from yeah, fans, and sure. and people are like, "Well, you've got to play for your hometown. You're right. you know you're not a true West Virginian if you want to go somewhere else. Right. And God forbid the kid want to go to some other place. Like people are going to give him a hard time about it. No, you're totally to me, right. And like totally you guys right. said, you know, is it. Is it disappointing? No, maybe he could have been handled a little bit differently. In the sense that I think, yes, he probably knew he was getting people's hopes up, but at the same time, he's a twenty-year-old uh, guy. Probably could you know care less about social media and and who's upset with him on social media. So uh,
0: good for him, and I think we'll be fine. In good news, in good news, we have some good news that came this week for current players, which is, one, Letty Brown announces he's coming back, which, uh, you know, I know there was some question, but it's great to see Letty Brown is going an- to return next season. And on top of that, you know, we, a lot of starters, nine starters are coming back, or nine most that mostly started are coming back on the defensive side. So it's going to be a good team. WVU has got, you know, they've come out and the way too early preseason polls, ranked in the top 25. I'm excited about that. Other little West Virginia sports things to think about that are coming up. One is congratulations to Clint Trickett, who's coming back to the state of West Virginia, just not to Morgantown. He's going to be in Huntington as receivers coach at Marshall University. Uh, so good to him. It's good to see him back. You know, I always liked Clint Trickett. It's nice to have him, you know, and I know he's kind of a, a Homer guy in Johnson. Like he said, we love the Homer guys. Yeah. And Scoot, you'll be excited to hear. Isaac McNeely gonna be announcing where he's gonna go and play his his uh, college basketball this Saturday at two p.m. You think we we got anybody? you, You think any listeners have some inside details for us? any uh yeah
2: can can Kreitz get us some insider or something can we some insider info
0: yeah right I mean I mean I mean it's polka I mean p- Kreitz has got to know somebody that's related somehow to him I mean it's like what they're like 20 people in that town right they all you know
1: Scoot, what would you do if Isaac McNeely at 2 p.m. on Saturday um, keeps everyone in suspense and then says uh,
2: stand at polka peace out yeah. red heart yeah. <laughs> Wish hugs had more time could have been
0: iconic <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well listen let's take a break real quick we'll come back with the number one game show on a west virginia university sports podcast it's a little game we like to call bluff the fluffs don't go anywhere you're listening to got your ears on Vortech knives is a west virginia owned and operated company specializing in high quality steel fast opening everyday carrying knives if you go to vortechknives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortek, V-O-R-T-E-K-Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday-carry knives. VorTech Knives. All right, welcome back to Got Your Ears On, Guido, along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, check us out on the social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Just look for us at Got Your Ears. You can also look for us on Facebook at Got Your Ears On. Guys, it's time to play the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast, a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. And... Scooty has a two-game to zero lead right now in season two of Bluff the Fluff. Some might say I'm undefeated this year. You morning. are undefeated, Colonel. Scoot.
1: I was gonna say because we're kind of baseball nerds at heart, all three of us. I'm two games back. You you couldn't
2: two games back. Well, see, two games back, you wouldn't be worried.
1: No, and hence I am
0: not.
2: Since we're also baseball fans, I'll say that you're in the cellar. Yeah. <laughs> There's that two of us. That I'm in second true.
0: place. Uh, so last week we did uh, a qu- uh, we did little questions trivia about Chuck Yeager, West yeah. Virginia, uh, famous West Virginian, broke the sound barrier, passed away recently. This week, guys, I thought I would do some questions to help pr- prepare you for Saturday's Big Twelve SEC Challenge game against the Florida Gators, and talk a little bit about the history of West Virginia versus the Gators. All right, okay. Scoot is nonplussed. <laughs>
2: Well, I don't know where this is going to go. I, he seems I nervous. I'm a little confused. Yeah. Scoot as
1: the owner and wearer of a Florida Gator shirt, I, I felt one. like you'd like this line of I mean, question.
2: I like the state of Florida. I uh, have a lot of family that lives there. Um, I genuinely like... You like
1: the like, news out of Florida? You're a big... Uh,
2: I like watching Swamp People, even though it's not set in Florida. I do like what alligators. Was the,
1: what was the police
0: show... Live PD. Live PD. Live PD. A lot of stations. Live PD was great. Yeah,
2: Florida wise. Love Live PD. I miss it terribly.
0: So here we go, guys. We'll see how we do. As always, a correct answer is worth five points. A steal is worth 10 points. And final bluff is worth 25 points. Before we started, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin. And Scooty, you came out on top this week. You get to go first. It's about time. It's about time, he says. You looked a little surprised when kind I said of, that. I, I felt like Scooty was ready for the <laughs> ready for you to come out first Johnson and he was a little surprised by it. Well, it's a two-headed coin, so it's hard to it's hard to beat him. <laughs> All right, so here we go Scoot. First question is to you. The last time that WVU played Florida was in the 2018 Jimmy V Classic. WVU lost that game 56 to 66. But who was the high scorer for WVU for that game. Was it Asa Ahmad, Emmett Matthews, Chase Harler, or Wesley Harris? It's a tough question. I
2: don't know. uh, Two of those guys got booted off the team that same year. Um, I'm going to go with Asa Ahmad. He might have uh, sleptwalked through it, but uh, I'm going to say that he was the leading scorer.
0: Sorry. That's incorrect. Johnson, Emmett Matthews, Chase Harler, or Wesley Harris? I feel
1: like this is a bit of a trick question, Guido, so I'm going to go with Wesley
0: Harris. (laughs) It would have been good if that was the answer, but no, it was Chase Harler. Chase Harler had 13 points in that game, so uh, came out with the leading scorer in that game. All right, so nobody gets any points there. All right, Scoot, starting off hot. Starting off hot. (laughs) Starting off hot. Uh, Johnson, this next question is back to you. The first time WVU ever played Florida, they blew out the Gators by 47 points, 114 to 67. What future WVU head coach played in that game? Was it Bob Huggins, Gail Catlett, Sonny Moran, or Marshall Glenn? Johnson? Johnson? Okay, another uh, crazy legs, uh, McCoy. Well, you should at least know three question. of those. Three uh, of those Gracie coaches. Crazy Neil. Three of those coaches. You should at least know. Three of those coaches. You should know.
1: Yeah, I think they all I mean, were s- coaches for WVU. They all were head with coaches. S- <laughs> I know that actually. I didn't I just make that. I don't up. know which. I'm trying to think of time periods and maybe when this would have fallen. I think, I think I'm gonna have to go with
0: Sonny Moran. Sorry, that's incorrect. Scooty, back to you. Was it Bob Huggins, Gail Catlett, or Marshall Glenn? Well, I only know
2: two of those three, and I'm not going to guess the one I don't know. I'm going to go with Bob Huggins, just for yucks.
0: No, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. It was Gail Catlett. Gail Catlett was on that team in 1963 with uh, Rod Thorne and gail catlett played oddly enough
2: the jerseys were made of leather back then <laughs> did. yes and that's why he opted for the leather jacket yes. once he was a coach they, little known wvu little known fact. wvu
0: fact he was always partial to leather gail catlett was uh so all right so we're starting off it has gotta
2: smell bad <laughs> gotta smell bad when you start sweating <laughs>
0: Uh, nobody's got any points so far. We this one is gonna go down to the wire, folks. It's um, a barn burner. It's a so barn far. burner. All right, uh, Scooty. This next question is back to you. WVU has played in the NCAA tournaments more times than Florida. Twenty nine times for WVU, twenty two times for Florida. But Florida has more Final Fours. How many Final Fours does Florida have? Is it three, two? Five or
2: eight? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I'm going to say Florida has five Final
0: Fours. That's correct. Five Final Fours uh, for Florida, including two national cha- two back to back national championships in 06 and 07. So, yes, good.
2: Udonis Haslam and uh, Joakim Noah.
0: Yeah. Know? Good job, Scoot. Good job. So Scoot takes the lead there, Johnson, with uh, a correct answer. So five points. Well, to Scoot. I mean,
2: somebody had to get somebody, one right. Somebody right? had to get I one mean, right
0: eventually. Scoot's getting us kicked off here. Now we're now we're good. Now we're in the flow. All right. The last time WVU won, Johnson, this next, this question is for you. The last time WVU won over Florida was in two thousand and two. The score was sixty-eight to sixty-six. Which one of these players was not in the starting five that day? Was not in the starting five? J.D. Collins, Tyrone Sally, Frank Young, Joe Harebear. Yeah, you know, that game, that was a game in
1: Charleston. They weren't really expected to even be competitive, and they ended up upsetting Florida. So J.D. Collins and Joe Harebear were definitely there. Um What I can't think of is between Frank and Tyrone uh, Sally, I cannot think. I'm going to go, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Frank Young was not on that team.
0: That's correct. Frank Young started the next year. He was younger. He was younger. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Johnson, good job there. You get the five points on that one and we're all tied back up. And Scooty, back to you. Current Chicago Bulls head coach and former head coach at Florida, Billy Donovan, built the Gators to pretty much being a dynasty throughout the 90s and early 2000s, including two national championships, like we said, back to back in 06 and 07. But what Big East school did he play basketball at? Was it Providence? (laughs) Providence. correct providence is the correct answer Scooty didn't even give you a chance to uh he to played do for rick patino yeah he did play for rick patino and i'm I, you know i i'm sorry that you know the the flip of the coin hurt you there johnson you probably would have known that question too but Scooty, the old big east schools man he can just chew you up on those
1: yeah you asked the guy from watertown if he's knows
0: his friars or not yeah i mean right? i
1: already know the answer
0: all right, congratulations, Scoot. You take the lead 10 to 10 to 5 right now over Johnson. And Johnson, this next question before final, last question before final bluff is back to you. WVU has faced Florida nine times in history, at least basketball history. How many of those times have they beat Florida? So out of the nine times they've played, how many wins does WVU have? Is it two, three, four, or five? who out of the nine times
1: out of the nine times i'm gonna say
0: they've won five of those times sorry that's incorrect scoot back to you is it two three or four
2: uh i feel we are three and six against florida
0: I feel you're correct, Scooty. Man, Scoot is tearing it up this year in Bluff the Fluffs. It's kind of upsetting for you, Johnson. (laughs) Or you too. See, it's scripted. It is
2: scripted. He's upset. (laughs) He's angry because I'm going off script on him.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) Scoot might have an insurrection on this game, honestly. he's, (laughs) He's beside himself. He's like... I thought he would get these wrong. I never thought you would get these wrong. I, listen, I, have, I know what's up. I have faith in you, Scoot. All right, here I we have... go. So we're on the final bluff right now. Scooty has the lead 15 to 5 over Johnson. As always, final bluff is worth 25 points, and we ask you guys to chime in with your own buzzers. Johnson, what is your buzzer for this week? Sugar Bowl. Sh- sugar Bowl. Sugar Bowl? Sugar Bowl. Okay.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about the last time I was at the Sugar Bowl. We were playing Florida, and uh, Darren Studstill was had like his nose through his ear hole of his helmet. Unfortunately, I had that on my mind. So Sugar Bowl,
0: kind of like how you're doing right now in Bluff the Fluffs. Okay. Yes, I have to readjust my helmet here going into final bluff. <laughs> and Scooty, what's your buzzer for this week? Uh, sugar buns. <laughs> This is just going to confuse me. What are sugar buns? What are? I sugar don't man? even
2: know, but I thought it was funny and uh, would be very confusing.
0: <laughs> All right, well let's try this out. See if we don't make any mistakes here. All right, here we go. West Virginia has faced Florida nine times. We previously discussed. Where have they played the most games? So, what venue have they played the most games in? Is it Florida's O Dome, the O'Connell Center? West Virginia University Coliseum, the Charleston Civic Center, or Madison Square Garden? Sugar Buns. All right, Scoot. You're in first. What's your guess?
2: Uh, I feel they've played in Charleston, West Virginia the most.
0: That's correct. The correct answer for Scooty and a win 25 points gets Scoot a massive win over Johnson 40 to 5. Yes, they've played three times at the Charleston Civic Center. Crazy.
1: I was going to oh. I was going to guess that, but then I thought that was too obvious. And that leads me to the question of why? Why? <laughs> like Well,
2: I do well, I think I think it's um...
1: Scoot, I would interject. There are there are Fewer places that are bigger dumps than oh, the Charleston Civic Center.
0: They've played at the I Charleston Civic Center and th- three times they won. The last time they played in Civic Center, which was that 2002 game we talked about, and then they played twice, 63 and 68. They played in the Charleston Civic Center.
1: Well, I mean, maybe it was nice then. I don't know, but well, why would we from, choose to showcase
2: from, it there? Well, from what I've heard, and I think some of the the reports back to uh, the colleges. Or that the fans preferred the sticky floors
0: and the multicolored seats.
1: Yes. yes. That would make sense.
0: They've actually... So you're
1: looking for that.
0: They've actually never played in the Coliseum. This Saturday when we face them at 2 o'clock on ESPN, the, it'll be the first time the Florida Gators have ever played in the Coliseum. They've been in Morgantown once before. In 1970, they played in the old field house. But uh, this will be the first time that they play in the Coliseum. So,
1: Yeah, it just seems so weird. Nine, you know nine appearances and none have been played in the calls you
0: know what else seems weird is the fact that i have to say this phrase scoot now leads bluff the fluffs three games to nothing over johnson and uh, I remember a point last year, Johnson, where I think you were like five games up on Scoot, and he came back. He came back. He, he, he You know, he, he was like WVU versus Texas Longhorns a couple weeks ago. Like, he came back but just couldn't pull it off last minute. But this time, he's taking the lead. I think if you were to look at
2: my November to now record, you'd find that uh, Johnson is uh, outmatched, outwitted, and outplayed. yeah.
0: That might yeah, be true. And I
1: also have a championship trophy. So That is true. <laughs> All
0: right, guys, let's take a break. We're going to come back with a segment where we let Scooty find out what's happening in the world of somebody else's world. It's a little segment we like to call, I can't believe my ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On.
2: Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for top Radio you'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion knives.
0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to Got Your Ears on Guido along with Scoot and Johnson. And don't forget, get on our website, check out the merch section, and check out all the great information we have there, Johnson. Yeah, so every week
1: uh, we post the latest blog post with all the show notes and the links in the show notes of everything we talked about. And on the site, GotYourEarsOn.com, you can also find that link to merch. Or you can check out all the new stuff. We're adding all the time to the merch store. Uh, and you can listen to the latest show right in the tune-in link that's on the homepage. So check it out. Yeah, definitely. Check
0: it out, Got your ears on. Dot com. Well, as we do every week, we allow Scoot to go out on the Internet and find something that he thinks is interesting and we think is probably weird. It's a little segment we like to call I Can't Believe My Ears. What do you got for us this week, Scooty? OK, fellas. Uh, so as you know, we
2: are in a middle of a pandemic. It's uh, yes, uh, not enjoyable. Uh, some of us haven't no. gone anywhere, uh, let alone travel. Uh, when was the last time you went, uh, let's say, more than 200 miles from your house, Johnson?
1: Yeah, I, I can't think of it, Scoot. I guess it was probably maybe like Christmas time of, you know, 2019 into 2020.
2: I don't know if you heard about this story. It came out uh, last week about the gentleman who flew from California to Chicago then was scared of covid and refused to leave the airport (laughs) and hung out in. he hung out in the airport for three months (laughs) what three
1: (laughs) Three months months in the airport airport.
2: so it wasn't
1: until he got to chicago that he was like you know i got to chicago and i heard some bad stuff about this covid character yes
2: 36 year old (laughs) man Lived undetected in a secure section of the Chicago Oh,
0: undetected O'Hare International Airport. How do you live undetected? How do you live undetected in an airport? Like, don't doesn't somebody like that's you know whatever cleaning or doing something or like securing at the airport, it or security <laughs> <laughs> like or, like this raises so many like- other
2: concerns for me. He um, <laughs> I guess uh, had come across. Somebody's ID badge that belonged to an operations manager who reported it missing. And so this guy lived in in O'Hare Airport from October to January. (laughs) Like he just recently got caught. Um, But now people had to. So
1: okay, let me process this a little bit, Scoot. Like if I just decided I'm going on a trip and then I never come back from that (sighs) trip, or I never
2: arrive at my destination. What happened to my? Where's my good buddy?
1: Yeah, I would think someone would be like, Hey, wasn't he supposed to be here two days ago? And it's now March.
0: Wasn't Steve supposed to be? (laughs) Where's where's Steve's been gone a long time? Where's Aditya?
2: Where'd he go? And uh, yeah, Aditya Singh, uh, Aditya, Aditya Singh, uh, charged with felony criminal trespass to a restricted area of an airport. Here's the thing that concerns me, right? So why was it? What was his reason for not continuing either with his next leg of his flight or right. uh, stopping and visiting wherever he was supposed to? They don't really know why he was going that way, but what was the reason for that? I believe I told you in the beginning.
0: Oh, I didn't know why, that was going to be a Why test. was
2: he? Why was he stuck in this airport? So supposedly, because he was
0: he was afraid of COVID. He, he was he got scared, scared right, of fear. COVID. afraid of COVID.
2: Yeah, yeah well, he survived. Living off of um, other passengers' leftover food.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. You're afraid of COVID and you're picking trash out of the, you're picking like a half-eaten sandwich that Mm. some rando threw in the trash?
1: (laughs)
2: He survived on food from other (laughs) passengers.
1: He's He's like, man, this guy, you you can't just throw a whole piece of Sabaro pizza away. I got to eat that. You
0: know what? I, I got the answer, guys. I know what this is. This guy this guy is he's a huge a huge Tom Hanks fan oh, and terminal. was just trying to relive that weird Yeah, terminal. That, terminal that weird Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Uh he's unemployed
2: so that won't surprise you. It doesn't. Uh, surprise so me. nobody at work was looking for him. Right. But here's the thing. Um flights, I know that the airlines industry has taken a bit of a hit but are they still that cheap where you can just Throw a couple hundred dollars, go from Los Angeles to uh, Chicago, and I don't know, not not think twice, just hang out. I don't, I don't know. I'd, I, I him been visiting like family in Florida, and you know, I'm thinking, well, I don't know if that's a, that's expensive. That's an expensive trip. This guy's just willy nilly going to Chicago and hanging out for a while. Well, and look, anytime
1: I've been in an airport. I don't want to be in that airport for longer than the duration of what, like whatever my layover time is. I certainly don't want to be there from right.
0: October to January. There's never a time I think about, hey, I want to hang out in the airport.
1: Yeah, I've never once been like, you know what? I would just live here.
0: Do you think he was like casing the
2: Hudson <laughs> News uh, garbage cans? And, right, like, he had uh, to have been, I would think. I mean, I would venture to guess he was on a steady diet of Auntie Anne's. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> right.
1: Or like, you know, the... You know, like whatever cinnamon yeah, yeah, or like Cinnabon. Yeah,
2: like, There's like right? so, so much Cinnabon and Auntie Anne's and Zbaro Pizza you can handle. Uh,
1: Hudson right. News is kind of like the Walden books of, of airports. Yeah. yeah. Airport est- establishments, yeah. I feel like.
2: I, I just don't. Uh, I mean, I'm a germaphobe, admittedly. And if I'm worried about COVID, which. I mean, I think it, it, in any of our minds, at times we kind of uh, may have had a little trepidation trying to comprehend what exactly has been happening. But right. I don't think I, I try to combat uh, a kind of a disease or a, an illness with doing something else, maybe even more germy than <laughs> what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Like, I'm not digging through garbage looking for somebody's food.
0: I'm the same way. Like I'm when when I go on a trip in the airport, like b- before COVID, like pre-COVID, like I even get skeeved out. Like sitting in the the black leather seats that you have to sit in. Like I'm like, man, these are. I, I think these feel dirty. Like yeah. I I can't imagine what it's like now. I I would definitely like if I went to an airport, I don't think I'd sit down. I'd stand up the whole time. First of all, and uh, second of all, it's like if you are free, so afraid of COVID, like you're sleeping on an airport floor. Right, really, you're I mean- eating the. You're
2: using a probably a restroom that's used by everybody in the you know coming and going, or maybe he didn't even use a restroom.
1: Well, and why would you have set out on your trip to begin with if exactly. you were concerned about Good COVID?
2: A lot of questions. Feel like
1: it, there's more
0: to this story. There's. Yeah, I feel like this is gonna. I think we're gonna need a follow up, Scoot, on this story yeah, in the coming weeks. There might weeks. be a part two on this. You know, guys, listen, it's uh, it's been a good week of basketball. Happy to see the team back and on fire uh, for the last two games with wins over K State and an awesome win over the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Last minute shot by Deuce McBride. Don't forget, we got a great game coming up this Saturday at two p.m. on ESPN. It's the Big Twelve SEC Challenge. And that game's against Florida in the Coliseum. A 1,000 fans will be there, so maybe it'll be a little bit louder. You know, people in between cutouts will be kind of fun. So definitely check that out. Don't forget, look for us online. Find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can just look for us at Got Your Ears. You can also search for us, Got Your Ears On, and uh, get us on our website, which is gotyourearson.com guys have a great week we'll see you next week talking more basketball and uh, whatever else happens with wvu sports thanks for listening you've been listening to got your ears on